Sunday morning emergency podcast from here over in the UK. Day of the action on Saturday's game. Oh boy, oh boy, there's a lot of action to get into on today's Locked On Marlins. You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Marlins. It's your daily Marlins podcast from me, Peter Pratt. And it is Sunday morning. It is 7.30 a.m. UK time. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. What a wild scene from last night's game in New York. I'm your host, Peter Pratt. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Miami Marlins underscore UK. No TikToks, no Instas, straight up Twitter. Don't forget to follow the show. YouTube, hit subscribe podcasts hit subscribe it's five episodes a week i'm running solo today i just woke up thought i have to do effectively an emergency pod i didn't watch the final part of the game last night uh, after the lindor homer i thought that's it i'm gonna go and have a snooze catch the rest in the morning boy oh boy things got hairy no doubt about it so we're gonna dig into all of the action in in, in yesterday's game uh, maybe touch on the, the game before as well, and also look ahead to the Sandy start. Uh, but guys, this episode, delighted to let you know about this, is brought to you by our, our good friends over at Sports Card Investor. And you're going to love this. Today's episode is brought to you by the guys, and welcome to the world of trading cards reimagined. Stay tuned later on in the show for more information on this awesome new tool for collectors. You're going to want to check out the Sports Card Investor app. All right then, guys. So... The Marlins yesterday, it was a sloppy performance. There's there's a, there's a few other words I perhaps could or should use, but I won't. I'll just leave it at that. It was a sloppy game, sloppy performance. They started hot. It was Keith Hernandez, Jersey retirement day for the Mets. A lot of pregame palaver, a lot of hype. Maybe the Mets were distracted. John Birdie came out ready for business. First pitch, double. I was like, oh, okay, here we go. Let's get it rolling. John Birdie's out there doing his thing. The bases ended up juiced uh, in that first inning. There was a, a catcher's interference, which actually uh, took a run off the board for the fish. Uh, at one point, we thought it was a double play by Aguilar, uh, but John Birdie scores. In the end, he doesn't. The bases were juiced. No outs. How will it end? How will it end? It will end in the most demoralizing way for the Marlins fans in 2022, and that is an Avicel Garcia grounded the double play. Let's talk about Avicel Garcia right now because they're based on Twitter, the vibe you get on Twitter, and it's you know, it's a it's a wild place, it's a fun place, no doubt. Slander can be high. For Avicel Garcia, we are approaching Wei in Chen territory in terms of slander, in terms of lack of confidence, lack of belief in the guy. Really is. We're only half, we're halfway through his first, but we're at that stage already. The disappointment levels are just so high with Avicel Garcia. You've got him sitting there in the four or five hole, day after day after day. And really the key question right now is not, you know, what do you do with Avi? You can't do anything with Avi right now. You, you know, you've, you've paid the dough. You've brought him in. 
you pretty much have to play him. I mean, what's the other alternative right now? You, you know, you can't option him. He is he's up there at the big league. So what do you do? For me, the, the, the key bit there is do you maybe just shift him down in the lineup for now? Maybe that's the most obvious one. Clearly, he's had he's had, you know, at the big knock, uh, you know, let's say 10 days ago against the cards. Big knock for him. And the hits have been, you know, when you look at the box score, there's been some hits to a degree of frequency, but those hits are typically kind of like opposite field dribbler singles now. That's kind of where we're up to. Granted, yesterday he did have a hit, and it wasn't an opposite field dribbler single. It was um, through the kind of shortstop hole and hit pretty hard. But Avisel Garcia in general, this has just not worked for the Marlins, and I don't know why. I don't understand why Avisel has turned to this kind of guy. Did see something... Uh, again, on Twitter yesterday during the game, comparing his body to his time in Milwaukee. And, you know, perhaps maybe he's a bit heavy. Maybe he is heavy. I don't actually know that for uh, as fact. But something heavy all year, is he, is he too heavy? Is he carrying too much? Was he coming in trying to be too much of a power threat, too much of a big bobber? Was he looking to be Rowdy Teles 2.0 or big Dan Vogelback? I don't know. Nevertheless, it has not been good with Avisel Garcia and the Marlins fans. They're frustrated, rightly so. I have got no problem with the Marlins fans being frustrated with Avisel Garcia. They should be. He is way underperformed, and he is hitting right in the heart of the lineup. And at times, you need to lean on those guys, much like Pete Alonso did yesterday. Big moment, big spot, big Pete delivers the big hit. Unfortunately, we just haven't seen enough of that from Avisel Garcia. It's been way too disappointing. Also, in that first inning, let's talk about it. It wasn't Avisel ended the inning. However, Jesus Sanchez also is juiced. And Jesus Sanchez, oh my days. He's got the most obvious hole in his swing at the top of the zone. Everyone knows it now. Everyone's attacking it. Jesus, it's time for you to make some adjustments. You have to. You can't just continue just flailing away at the top of the zone. I know everyone's got a hole. It's so hard to work on it. I get it. Avisel's got a, uh, got plenty of holes. Giancarlo Stanton had obvious holes. You know, the slider low and away. Like, you know, you have a kryptonite. They have kryptonite areas in their game. Jesus Sanchez, though, it's, it's just, again, it's frustrating that we're watching the same things happen over and over and over again, um, particularly in big spots. He's hitting clean up there yesterday. Uh, but the Marlins... You know, they went into it, bases juiced, no outs, put up a zero on the board. Bad indicator of how this game was going to go. You're thinking, okay, you're playing the first place Mets on the road. They are leading the, the division. They're looking to win every game. They don't rest anyone. You know, it's full go for the Mets. And to have bases juiced, no outs, no runs, bad start. Then Braxton Garrett gets rolling. Let's talk about Braxton. For me... Braxton Garrett has now convinced himself that he is a major league level pitcher. He believes it. I believe that he believes it, that he knows now he can pitch at the big leagues. However, he's also the fifth starter, fourth or fifth. I guess it depends how you look at Braxton Garrett. But, you know, he's at that kind of like that's his ceiling, a four or five guy, no doubt. So... It's similar to Eliezer in many ways, like where, you know, you start thinking, do you let them go through the lineup the third time? 
do you turn to the pen? I don't know. And I mean, I guess it feeds back into the, the, the game before where, where Pablito, Pablito kind of, you know, struggled through five with all the hit by pitches. Not it's tr- struggles, maybe, you know, overplaying it slightly, but you know, the bullpen got a bit of a working the day before. And so maybe that plays into it, but you know, you look at that game and the way things played out and you think maybe after the fifth inning going into again, the heart of the Mets lineup again, would that have been the moment to bring or to brought Dylan Floro into the game? He was already warming up Floro and I think, in hindsight, that's perhaps the call that should have been made on that one. Brex, five innings, one ball. You just can't complain of that. And Frankie Lindor touches him for uh, you know the two-run bomb. Uh, uh, again, another foul pole scraper. Big Pete Alonso, a foul pole scraper as well. City Field must have the biggest foul poles ever. They must have. So... You know, that was a decision there that, that was left to be made in general. I mean, let's look at the line here for, for Brax. He ends up going five, gives up three hits, three runs, all three earned, of course, just one walk, three Ks, two bombs. So, you know, he ends up going five five and two, um, and then Floro comes in and gets the final out. It's the question there. They've, they've burned Floro anyway. They burned him just with one out. Should they have maybe used Floro earlier and just taken Brax out? I think they probably should have done. I think perhaps that's the way you could have managed Braxton a little bit differently there. Okay, so plenty of plenty of other stuff for us to get into here. There's this game had absolutely everything, no doubt. But as I mentioned, this episode is brought to you by Sports Card Investor. And well, welcome to the world of sports cards. Who out there is a is a card collector? Who is a lot of jazz chism cards? And rightly so, uh, the NL All-Star. So the Sports Card Investor app is the hobby's most powerful resource. Uh, Quickly check the value of your favorite cards, find great deals, and profit from the hobby you love. Available completely free in the Google Play and Apple App Stores. And the Sports Card Investor app is a must-have for baseball fans. It really is. Um, There's tons of ways to go about it. Are you interested in looking at prospects? Then get in there, check Check out these prospects coming for the Marlins in particular. You know, what's Max Meyer saying? Max Meyer went last night, by the way, yesterday. Um, we'll wait and see what, what moves he makes and whether they, uh, the Marlins look to promote him. Uh, but Max Meyer's sitting there ready to rock and roll. Edward Cabrera working his way back. Sixto Sanchez. Boy, oh boy, we saw a video posted yesterday. Sixto. Oh, that didn't look too good. I, I've got a feeling his value is declining right now if you were looking at um, from a... Well, maybe this is a buy-low opportunity. I don't know. So... What have you got to do? Download the Sports Card Investor app today, available for free in the Google Play and Apple App Stores, or go to sportscardinvestor.com slash locked on. Okay, guys. So that's Braxton Garrett. Solid appearance, no doubt. I mean, we felt like the pressure was on with Brax a few, you know, few starts ago, thinking Max Meyer's working his way back. Just mentioned him. Um, what's Braxton, you know, where's Braxton going to fit into this? For me, Brax right now, I'm leaving him there. I'm all good with Brax, absolutely. I think the move is, if the, if the Marlins do look to and bring Max Meyer up to make his debut and into the rotation, it's shuffle Dan Castano. Shuffle Dan into the long man role. I think he's been sir. Um, but I also think he has, he, he definitely has the capability to work as a long man for sure. Um, he was kind of like left in that role a little bit earlier in the year, but Cody Poteet was getting most of the, the action 
action. So, you know, I think the Marlins feel comfortable with it. Uh, so we'll wait and see on that. But, you know, I think where the Marlins are at right now, and you think you're, you know, you're three games under 500, but, you know, you're in the hunt. Like, they're truly in the mix here, in this wildcard mix, no doubt about it. The Giants have been scuttling. The Cardinals and, and Phillies have been playing each other. But nevertheless, the Cardinals have been scuttling too. The Fish, schedule opens right up after today's game for sure. Um, the final game of this series against the Mets. So, you know, they should be throwing everything at this now, the Marlins. They should throw everything at it and make sure they give themselves the best opportunity to win. Why not? They can they can make some noise here. The Phillies are hot right now. But the Phillies, oh, I mean, you know, when you see that the Phillies have got the best bullpen in baseball, you know there's some regression coming. There is. They, they somehow squeaked one out again. I think the Cardinals had runners on the corners with no outs in the ninth inning. Somehow the Phillies get it done and win that 1-0. So the Phillies are winning the tough games. The bullpen is holding up. As we know, regression is coming, baby. Regression will be coming there for the Phils. And so the Marlins need to keep the pedal down for sure. Back to yesterday's game, though, because there, there were, again, a few, a few other opportunities for the Marlins in the game. And, and really one of the other key plays that went wrong you know, less, before we get until the 10th inning was... Uh, Jesus Sanchez, again, so he struck out in that first inning. I have no idea what he's doing, where uh, Brian Anderson puts a good a good knock on the ball. It's into the gap in uh, you know center field. Jesus Sanchez st- stood at second, and he's kind of stood there tagging at second, tries to get round uh, all the way from second effectively while the throw is coming in and uh, is tagged out at home. The Marlins score one run, uh, but then you know we, he, he's out as well. Uh, which, you know, was a momentum killer there as well. Jesus Sanchez should not have been out there at that spot, but he was. Poor base running. Poor, poor base running. James McCann comes out of the game, actually, after that one, uh, as he tweaks uh, an oblique. Marte had already exited to the Mets. Not only are they not playing great, and they weren't playing great yesterday. You know, they should have been out of sight. They're also getting guys going down with injuries. You're just looking at this thinking the Marlins... They should be absolutely blowing the back doors off the Mets here, and they they somehow found a way not to do it. They found a way to leave the Mets in the game. Frankie Lindor with that two two run go ahead bomb. Um, so the Marlins drop it down to three two. Then Aguilar responds in the eighth. Big big knock from Aggie with the bomb there against Ottavino. Three three. Then you get to the Bassman coming in the ninth, uh, trying to lock it down. You're thinking, oh boy, here we go, Bassman. He's been so good in the seventh inning, so good. He's been elite. He's been an all-star in the seventh inning. He has never been an all-star in the ninth inning. I can tell you that from a Marlins perspective. But he came in and struck out the side. Anthony Bass, three Ks, striking out the side in the ninth. It was fantastic to see. Then that means we get into the tenth. And and the the interesting thing about the tenth is what I would say is the Marlins have played a lot of uh, extra innings uh, games recently. Interestingly, when they're in that spot, they, they find a way to get that runner in pretty much every time. Runner on second, no outs, in the 10th inning, pressure's on. They get it done. Go back to other parts of the game. They can't get it done. It's really, it's really weird how in the 10th, the mentality, maybe the approach, something's changing because they can get it done time and again. In any other inning, the first... I think the third inning, you know, runners on runners on second, no outs, no runs. And 
I don't know what it is, whether it's the approach, you know, you never know, but it's just an interesting observation that I've made that in the 10th, the Marlins are finding ways to get that runner over pretty much every time now this year, which is great to see. Gives themselves a good chance to win in the 10th, clearly. Um, so let's get into that 10th very shortly. Uh, but before we do that, guys, reminder, this is our second ad of the day. And it's our guys over at Built Bar, and it is coconut brownie chunk puff season. And for those, for the people that invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift for your taste buds. You've probably tried the amazing coconut brownie chunk Built Bar. But guess what? Your friends are built. They've got you a coconut brownie chunk puff. It's been given the puffs treatment, baby. That's right. Coconut brownie chunk Built Bar flavor. You love in a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. And it's fluffy. It's like a fluffy brownie goodness. This is tough to say. It's 7.50 a.m. on a Sunday. But nevertheless, stop drooling and listen. They're good for you. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and all delicious. So what have you got to go and do? If you're liking what you're hearing, you're thinking Sunday morning, fancy some builds, I fancy some puffs. Get yourself over to built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. It's promo code LOCK15. 15% off your order at built.com. Okay, final segment, guys. The 10th inning. The 10th. And this, the game in general yesterday was pain. It was pain all along. That first inning was pain. Other bits were pain. Frankie Lindor, two-run bomb. Marlins killer, pain. We get into the 10th. Billy Hamilton on second base. He's the ghost runner. Perfect. Billy Hamilton on the bases is great. No doubt about it. Um, so, John Birdie hits a single. Billy Hamilton puts the pressure on things. I'm going. I'm going to third. Throwing error. Creates the pressure. Uh, and scores the run. So, the Marlins score the run. They effectively get the run and replace Birdie on second. So, Birdie's now on second. No outs. And you're thinking, okay, here we go. Can they get another one? Can they get two runs? Give some extra insurance. Because for me, one is the baseline. One is like par, in my opinion, in extras. If you don't get one, pretty much cooked, in my opinion. So they get the one, no outs, though. And then, again, another another mishap for the Marlins. John Birdie, and, and it's, it's hard to criticize John Birdie on the bases this year because he has been otherworldly at times. But in the last couple of games, I must say, there's been a few sloppy moments from John Birdie on the bases. Overconfidence, maybe. I don't know. But nevertheless, Thomas Nito throws one back. It's, you know, it's kind of a pitch out. It took it as a ball. Thomas Nito drills one into, into second base. John Birdie running in. There's a bit of a moment where he's trying to avoid the ball. So he's worried about getting hit himself. He loses his balance because of that. He is he sees the ball coming. He, he kind of huddles up a bit. Avoids the base in plenty of time. Miles of, you know, he's got ages. But because he's lost his balance avoiding the ball, I think, he slightly overruns it over, you know, over balances. Frankie Lindor. Some would say, was he pushed off the back? Was he pushed off the bag, effectively getting the out then at second? I'm, I hate this rule anyway. I hate this. You know, he's at second. He's got it. But anyway, he was picked off. He overbalanced, in my opinion. And Frankie Lindor was there to capitalize. Sucks the life <laughs> out of the Marlins. It sucks the life out of them there in the 10th. It would have been, you know, it's so different. Having John Birdie there at second base, no outs. You got one out. 
No runner on. One, one runs in. So that was another mishap. That was the top of the 10th. A base running mishap. Then we get into the bottom of the 10. Place runners on, of course. The Marlins, they get the two outs. They get two outs. Two Ks from Tanner Scott. You're thinking, okay, here we roll. Then, then chaos ensues and pain ensues. Oh, my days. This was just a lack of fundamentals. There's a, a ball down the third line, third, third baseline. Brian Anderson, it's a regulation play for B.A., regulation ba all day yesterday he's looking back to frustrated ba by the way don't like that ba yes he had the big hit that scored the run that jesus sanchez should have scored two but looks to me like frustrated ba is back however that ball down the third line third, third baseline regulation for ba gotta make it you can see the disappointment in his face. It dribbles down into, into left field. First run scores. So that's it. 4-4. Four, four. You're still there. Two outs. What can you do, Tanner Scott? Can you get the out? Can you get the out to get into the 11th? Ground ball straight at him. There's the out. No, it isn't. Hits him. Drops it. Drops down. But the panic, you feel the panic. You can feel the panic on the TV screen. And then he zings it across to first base. Um, bearing in mind, you could just take, at that point, the runner isn't scoring. The runner is not stood on third base. So it's not do or die at first. Tanner Scott at that moment, once he realizes he's fluffed it, he could easily pick that ball up and just go, hey, listen, I'll just get the next one. It's all good. Runners on first and third. The game is not dead. Instead, straight at him, ball on the ground, panic, panic, panic. I'm just going to throw it at Aguilar at first and um, see what happens. I'm just going to throw it and hope. Unfortunately, Aguilar couldn't get it. It goes past Aguilar towards the, you know, towards the, the dugout, the camera wells, the ball's rolling around. Next thing is the match has come in and off five, four. That for the Marlins was just unacceptable. It's a disgraceful ending to the game. And in reality, and I haven't really piled in too heavily today. But I should have done. It was a disgraceful performance from the Marlins yesterday in a big, big spot. In a big game on the road on a Saturday game with Braxton Garrett going and Braxton Pitch as well. The Marlins should be winning that game. They should have been out of sight and they weren't. Poor situational hitting from the, the big guys from the heart of the order. Heart of the order is not delivering. Hasn't all year. Again, that was the problem. Fundamentals on the base pass. Jesus Sanchez, poor running. John Birdie picked off at second in, in the 10th. Not good. Fielding meltdowns in the 10th. Brian Anderson looking at you. I'm looking at you, Tanner Scott. Both of you. Both of them. The Marlins should have won this game. They could have won this game. They would be one game under 500 heading into a Sunday game with Sandy Alcantara. On the road in New York with the schedule about to open up in July. The Marlins have to win this game. We were all looking around. A lot of, the league was looking around. The Marlins were beating up on the Nats. We were, we were enjoying it. It was fun. But the narrative is the Marlins, they can't. This is just all they can do is beat the Nats. They can only beat the Nats. And that's it. This was a chance to at least change the narrative. They ground one out the day before, Friday. They didn't play as well, I don't think. They ground it out. They found a way. Today, they ground out a loss. They found a way to lose. 
on Saturday. And that's the disappointing thing. Marlins fans, Marlins Twitter in meltdown, rightly so. Game's gone. It is what it is. You take the L. Sunday game, Sandy Alcantara going. The ace, the stud, is on the mound. I am very intrigued to see what the Marlins do with this lineup. We know Jacob Stallings will be back in. We haven't talked about Nick Fortes, but Nick Fortes had a couple of hits in the stolen base again yesterday. We're getting to that point with Nick Fortes where offensively, defensively, he's playing better than Stallings right now. He is. He's playing better than Jacob Stallings. Yes, Stallings is catching Sand. He's catching Sandy. He's catching uh, He's catching Pablo. It's all good. Said it a couple of weeks back. We're, we're getting close to the point where Nick Fortes maybe needs to be starting three of every five. He's starting two of every five right now. When you get to a point where maybe it's three of every five. Or he's DHing. The bat looks nice. It looks real. Nevertheless, we know Stallings will be back in today for Sandy. So the raid. Your stallings at uh, you know at the plate. It's been poor, very poor. He's one of the worst hitters in in baseball right now. That's not good. What are they going to do? What are they going to do with Billy Hamilton? What are they going to do with Luke Williams? Is it going to be a Sunday lineup? I don't know. I don't know. I'm intrigued to see where they go. Experience tells us Luke Williams and Billy Hamilton will be in there as well as Jacob Stallings. It's interesting. It's going to be interesting. I, I just don't understand it. I spoke about it. If you're going to do that, why wouldn't you do that instead with a Braxton Garrett start or, you know, someone else? You know, why wouldn't you do that on the Saturday? Do it on the Saturday where you've got your fifth starter going and you kind of just go, it's a bit of a white flag game. If we win, it's better. Fair enough. Versus why don't, give San, why don't you give Sandy the lineup he deserves? That's the, that's the thing. Sandy deserves respect from Donnie, from the GM, from the team. He deserves respect. He's the best player. He's the best play, bitch here in baseball right now. He is. He needs a lineup that, that goes with that. No Sunday lineups for Sandy. I am very, very intrigued. And this is no knock of Billy Hamilton and, and Luke Williams. They're bench guys. Billy Hamilton in particular is, a, you know, he's just a, yeah, he's effectively, you know, Mag Sierra in many ways. A couple of pinch run appearances and does it well. It's fine. But he doesn't have to start the game. He doesn't have to. But we'll wait and see. I think it's a very intriguing situation to see whether they, they go with the Sunday lineup in a big game in advance of, um, in, in advance of, you know, a couple of winnable series right now. Obviously, the Sunday game today, then they're home. You've got the three against the Pirates. Sorry, the four against the Pirates. And then the Phillies are in town as well for three games. So a seven-game stretch there um, just before the All-Star break. Four with the Pirates. Three against the Phils. The Phils are, are scorching right now. I think by the time they get to Miami, they'll be regressing. Something will be going wrong. And the Marlins always play the Phillies tough. So massive run of eight games here. It really is. It's a ginormous run of eight games. If the Marlins can go six and two, six and two in the eight, then they'll be above 500. They'll be above 500 heading into the All-Star break. And I think when we all strip it away, when everything's said and done, I think we'll be happy with that. Just about. And in reality, we should be a good couple over 500. 
We've played better than we've shown in the main. <coughs> Excuse me. There's been some problems. There's been some road bumps along the way. More recently, there's been some big hits and some big spots, won some big games. So it felt like it's starting to turn around. But the Marlins to be, to go on a run here, 6-2, and two, game over 500, heading into the All-Star break. They're right in the thick of it in that spot. I think that's all we could wish for as Marlins fans. They need to clean it up. Today, they were poor. I say today, yesterday, Saturday night. They were poor. It was a poor game. From start to finish, it was a bit of an embarrassment. But it's just one game. On the Thursday, they were spanked 10-0. It's just one game. Friday, they ground it out. Sunday, we're going to need to grind it out with Sandy. Facing Taewon Walker, who's pitched really well against the Marlins. But we've seen him, this is going to be the third time in, in, in the space of three series against the Mets. So we've seen him plenty. What have we learned? We'll wait and see. What adjustments can we make? Wait and see. That's us done. Peter Pratt's solo pod on Locked On Marlins on a Sunday morning. Sunday morning episode. I didn't do one Friday. I wasn't feeling well. Still got this cold lingering around. But that's me done. Sunday morning episode. I'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow evening, though. Um, and we'll be, be recapping. Uh, well, we'll spend pl- plenty of time on the Sunday game. Um, recapping what, what I hope will be a Marlins victory with Sandy going. And another seven-plus innings from Sandy Alcantara. And the Marlins splitting the series on the road against the division-leading New York Mets. See you guys tomorrow.